a desert planet with twin suns. Hello there. It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground! That's f***ing Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to our third, or technically second, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi review and breakdown. We're breaking down the third episode today, and it was an absolute banger. So without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. So like always, I'm going to be going through my uh, non-spoiler review, followed by my full spoiler review and breakdown, and then finishing up with some theories about... Uh, where the show is going to be going moving forward. So, uh, let's start with my non-spoiler thoughts, which are that this episode blew me away. And I really can't express all the emotions I felt throughout the experience, but this is exactly what I wanted from a Kenobi show. It's very dark and gritty, but also very hopeful. And I would implore you to please go and watch this show if you haven't started for whatever reason it is definitely worth it, and I think that it is fantastic so far. Um, so that's about all that I feel like I can say without giving too much away. This episode's really amazing, and I don't want to spoil it for you, So there, but there will be spoilers in the rest of this episode. So if you haven't watched it already, go ahead and stop listening, and uh, this episode will still be here when you're done. So this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Let's dive in. So we open this episode with Obi-Wan still struggling to uh, commune with Qui-Gon Jinn's spirit. And, um, and I have a, a theory about why he's still struggling with it uh, that I'll go over in Visions. But um, he has a very interesting conversation with Leia about when she asks, like, what, what's it like to use the Force? And he says that the Force feels safe and that it's like turning on the light when you're scared of the dark which is really sad if you think about this from obi-wan's perspective because like i said in the last episode obi-wan has essentially cut himself off from the force he doesn't want his uh force signature or presence to be felt by anybody so he hasn't really been reaching out you see him reach out for the first time really uh in the last episode whenever he's trying to catch leia from falling and so he hasn't been using the Force. That means he's been scared and alone in darkness, essentially, for 10 years now. Um, and that's really heartbreaking. You can see his anxiety and his, like, the way that he fidgets with his hands as he tries to meditate. He is, he is not the same calm and composed Jedi Master as we, know, we knew him in the movies and in the Clone Wars, and obviously we've, we've seen that in a lot of ways, but I think that that's a really sad glimpse into what his life has been like. It's been like living in fear in darkness, and that's just super, super sad, and a really cool tidbit that I don't know many people are going to necessarily uh, pick up on. And then we get shots of Vader. The man himself is back. We get to see him being assembled, um, and then we get shots of his castle on Mustafar that we got to see in Rogue One. Um, he shut the third sister down. That whole line of you will not live to regret it is really, really interesting. And, and also you get to see that he doesn't care about the Inquisitors. He sees them as a nuisance. He sees them, thinks of them as pretty, pretty useless. And you get to see he doesn't care who's in charge of them because he ultimately finds them inconsequential because he's like, okay, 
yeah, if this works out, then sure, you can be Grand Inquisitor. Whatever. I don't really care. But if you fail me, I will kill you. That's exactly what Vader should be, and I think that that portrayal was really, really spot on. Uh, talking about the Inquisitors, we're introduced to their headquarters on Nur. So that's that water world that you see this fortress that they're operating out of in. And we also get to see their kind of ruthless competition between them, where uh, they really don't care about each other. They only care about rising through the ranks and achieving dominance over the others. And Riva is also saying that Kenobi killed the Grand Inquisitor. So, first of all, he's not back. He's not healing. They left him for dead on that planet. And I'm sure he'll come back later in the show, and it'll be sort of an oh-crap moment for Riva. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in Visions. But we also get to see Kenobi have some sort of panic-induced hallucination of Anakin which is wild. We get to see Hayden Christensen back in the flesh in his Jedi robes, standing off into the distance. And, um, and yeah, Kenobi, it spooks Kenobi real bad, which is, which is really, really cool to see. We also see some Imperial support uh, from civilians because we're introduced to Fleck, who provides a very interesting, like I said, pro-Empire civilian perspective. He's very friendly, and, uh, and he, he's friendly with and is known by the stormtroopers in that area, they know him by name and they seem to be very kind to him because they like, he offers them a ride. They say, sure. He's like, they're asking how his day went and stuff like that, which, which is really interesting uh, to see kind of that day-to-day perspective of, of civilians in the empire, especially those who think, Oh, the empire is not so bad. Um, I also really liked his character design. He's kind of like a mole. Um, and he's a miner, and so it's like all that sort of stuff. Where it's like, it, it, I think it, it ties together really well, and I think that it's really well done. Um, I'm surprised that the stormtroopers didn't know what Kenobi looked like. I figured that they would have been sent that mugshot from the previous episode, but I'm honestly not mad. It's probably because they were out in the field; they didn't get the uh, the the memo quite as well. They just knew that they were hunting down a Jedi, and they didn't get any imaging of him until they got back to their base. And I'd like to think that they got back to their base and they saw the mugshot and they were like, ah, man, we just had him. Something like that. I think that that would be pretty funny. But um, but that being said, I think that the Leia and Obi-Wan dynamic uh, continues to be one of my favorite parts of this show. Leia's relentless optimism paired with Kenobi's cynicism is really, really well done. I think that Leia's continued concern uh, for kindness towards droids is... Um, it's really cute. I really like uh, Led B, the loader droid. I think that uh, he's he seems like a, a, a cool guy, um, kind of like a big teddy bear almost. And um, I we, we got more references to Padme, uh, that when Obi-Wan looks at Leia, he sees Padme. And we also get a cool heart-to-heart about neither of them knowing their real parents, which I found very touching. And we also get some insight into Kenobi's memories that he remembers like his mother's shawl and his father's hands and potentially a brother. That's wild. And I don't think that we're going to get much else about Kenobi's family necessarily, but um, that's just really cool to see that he does remember and he, he like he, he has some recollection of them, which is both really sad and really cool. Uh, to kind of get that insight, because we haven't really gotten too much about that as far as Jedi are concerned. Um, The Path. 
first off, I think that Tala is a really cool character. I think that her sort of perspective of being an Imperial officer who has sort of seen that they aren't upholding the uh, customs and principles that they preach, and sort of that perspective in general of this uh, deserter or defector within an organization that sort of leverages their position um, for good purposes is a super compelling storyline, and I'm really excited to see that they're kind of playing into that a little bit. And this whole concept of sort of an underground railroad, but for Jedi, is super interesting and awesome to see. And I wonder if we'll see more of that, maybe down the line, maybe in something like Andor. Uh, Quinlan Voss is still alive, which is wild. He's one of my favorite Jedi. Um, he's a super cool Jedi from the Clone Wars uh the Clone Wars show, he's in one episode. He was supposed to be in more, but the show got canceled. But the episode that he's in is called The Hunt for Zero, Season 3, Episode 9. And he's also uh, in a canon book, which is potentially my favorite book, if not one of my favorite Star Wars books, called Dark Disciple, which is based off of and a large eight-episode arc that was supposed to follow Quinlan Boss and a character named Asajj Ventress as they attempt to assassinate Count Dooku. It's a really great read. I would highly recommend it. Um, and, uh, there was a lot of speculation about how he could have survived Order 66, and now it is confirmed, and the way that Kenobi read his name so excitedly was really heartbreaking, but also endearing, because they were really close friends, even though they were very different people. Um, Quinlan Boss was very roguish and kind of, uh, a rebel in his own right, not very by the book, whereas Obi-Wan was very by the book, but they, they have a pretty cool dynamic, and it was really really cool to see Obi-Wan get so excited about it. Um, and also, we got some insight about the Empire taking Force-sensitive children uh, and and adults. Uh, you can suppose that that would be the Inquisitor program. And um, I, I it's just an interesting thing that they're kind of modeling the Jedi and taking people from their homes in order to indoctrinate them into their sort of, their, their fold. Um, so sort of having that insight where you could kind of infer that, but, but it's still cool to, to hear about um, from someone like Tala's perspective. Next up, we have The Showdown. I did not expect this to come this early in the show, but man. First of all, Vader knew that torturing civilians would draw Kenobi out, and was that brutal? I mean, he just snaps that guy's neck. He, he force chokes someone out of their home, and then when someone comes to help, just snaps their neck. Like, there's nothing. It's wild. And I loved Kenobi's panic at the se at sensing Vader's presence. It was, like, debilitating for him. Like, he had to drop what he was doing. It was like vertigo. And the cinematic quality of the open field lit by only lightsabers is, like, exactly my aesthetic. Um, I love dark spaces lit only by lightsabers or blaster fire. I think that that is just such a cool atmosphere. And, I mean, I was, I was loving it. I was loving it, loving it, loving it. And uh, Kenobi is out of practice, which is understandable. You could see him panicking while fighting Vader, and it's not an equal match at all. Vader is very much toying with him and probably could annihilate him if he wasn't so bent on making Kenobi suffer. And Kenobi, who is normally a defensive but confident fighter because he is the master of Form 3 of lightsaber combat, which is Sorosu, which is the defensive form, He's, but he's normally very confident as a fighter, even though he's not super aggressive. He is not very confident in this fight, and you can see it. He is panicking, 
and he is afraid. And man, did that get dark quick. Vader dragged his body through fire. What is going on? I, whenever that happened, I was like, oh, there's no way. Like, Tala's going to come up and shoot him. He's going to drop Kenobi and then uh, and he's going to run away. No, he burned him alive. That's crazy. That's That's wild. That's insane. Kenobi was in bad shape afterwards. I mean, like, obviously, understandably. And then, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that they don't like young Leia. I, I think that she's great, but uh, they'll be pretty displeased because it seems like she'll probably be in the show for the rest of the time. I was kind of expecting her storyline to wrap up at the end of this episode, but now she's with Reva. And may I just say, she's creepy as heck. Her character, whew, it's a, it's a wild time. And... I'm here for it. I think that she's very interesting, and I think that we're going to get some really cool development for her as a character uh, moving forward. As far as my review, I don't have too much to say, but this is what I wanted from a Kenobi show. I like that his back is against the wall, he's protecting his charges, and he is showing down with Vader. And Vader, like I said, he's absolutely brutal. He's out for blood, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I mean, yeah, he just snapped the dude's neck. It was wild. It was crazy. And Kenobi's past is haunting him. He's scared, unsure of himself, cynical, and in a very dangerous spot. And I'm just really excited to see his journey towards the sage old Jedi Master that we see in Alec Guinness in A New Hope. I think that that's going to be a really cool transformation uh, to get to see or at least see the beginnings of. Um, but with that being said, that's about all that I have for my review and breakdown. Let's dive into visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. So I mentioned that I have a theory about why Kenobi hasn't been able to reach out to Qui-Gon yet. And I think that it's because he's afraid. And he's not fully reaching out with the Force because he's scared it will draw attention. Kind of like what I was saying in the last episode where if he reaches out with the Force, that will allow people to sense his presence. He doesn't want that. And he's not quite disciplined enough in the Force to know how to do that. And so... I think that that's probably what's going on. I could be wrong, but that's my theory. Um, I don't think that this is the last time we'll see Vader and Kenobi fight in this show. I think that they'll have another confrontation, probably not in the next episode. I'm guessing it'll probably be in the sixth episode. Um, but uh, I I say look forward to that because I think it's going to be a lot bigger and a lot more intense than we saw in this episode. And I think we may see Obi-Wan with other Jedi survivors, to which I have conflicting thoughts. Because for one thing, I think it'd be um, I think it'd be awesome to see him in sort of like a safe haven for Jedi and get to see him reunite with some old friends on uh, Jabim. But on the other hand, not too many people know he's alive. And I think having him interact with too many people kind of takes away his mysticism of this time period where it's like, is Obi-Wan Kenobi still alive? Like, I thought that was a myth, like stuff like that. And... Even Ezra Bridger in Rebels doesn't tell his crew that Kenobi was for sure alive or not. And so I'd lean more towards him having not interact with other Jedi, but I won't be super mad if he does. So I could go either way. I think that it would kind of mess with the sort of like mythology of Obi-Wan if they do, but I mean, what the heck, why not? Um... I think Reva will end up helping. Her redemptive arc is beginning, and here's what I think is going to happen in the next couple episodes. I think with Kenobi being very badly hurt, 
we have an opportunity for some flashbacks while he's healing. And it could be some Clone Wars stuff. Clone Wars flashbacks, which would be chef's kiss. Exactly what I want. I think that that would be incredible. Um, and what I think is going to happen is we're going to have a lot more of the Vader Inquisitor perspective in this next episode while Kenobi is healing. And obviously Reva has Leia. What I'm guessing is going to happen is the Grand Inquisitor is going to come back. Reva's going to be like, oh, crap, that's not good. And then the Inquisitors and Vader are going to turn on her. She's going to be sent on the run. She's going to have some sort of heart-to-heart with Leia, which is going to reveal something about her past, her being Reva. And we're going to see her start to have a change of heart. And eventually, down the line, she's going to help Kenobi. She's going to bring Leia back to him. And then I'm guessing she's going to sacrifice herself. Uh, she's going to k- get killed by Vader. She's going to sacrifice herself. And uh, Kenobi's going to escape in that way. But um, but I'm not entirely sure. One, another exciting thing is that at this point, I think we've seen most of the stuff from the trailers and promotional material. Which is super exciting because that means that we are flying blind for the rest of this show. Um, which is awesome. I'm super excited, and I'll be staying away from TV spots because I want to be completely fresh whenever uh, I see the rest of this show. So super exciting stuff indeed. Um, And that's about all that I have to say about this episode. I'm really, really pleased. I think that this was a huge step up from the last two episodes, which I really enjoyed. Um, I, I enjoyed those anyways, but I think that this is even better. Super, super excited to see what happens next. And... Yeah, that's about all that I have. You taking your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.